0: Welcome to Ways to Means, a personal finance podcast with Hannah and Susanna. We believe financial empowerment is a collective effort, and we learn best by sharing personal experiences with each other. Join us as we talk about all things money.
1: You know, in terms of being a musician, it's like there's no guarantee, like, just play these songs and learn all this music and you'll be getting paid this amount of money. Like, No one has told anyone that ever.
2: This week, I'm in New Orleans for Mardi Gras, so Hannah and I caught up with a friend of mine, Max, who is a full-time professional gig musician playing upright bass with different groups and at different venues across the city. As he explains, he and his peers are holdouts, operating as part of a cash-based industry in an increasingly cashless economy. He's also self-employed, earning uncertain income that fluctuates according to erratic impacts to demand, such as COVID. We talked to him about how he secures gigs, Navigates a unique compensation structure and how he approaches things like healthcare and taxes. The podcast is called Ways to Means. And the idea is that we want to talk to people, both like experts and novices, just about personal finance. So we have most of our episodes, we've released 10 so far. Most of our episodes have been interviews with people like you, either about how they like finance their lifestyle. Um, or they're going through a life milestone like buying a house, and we want to talk to them about how they made the decision, how they financed it, how they went through all of that. So we have some questions prepared for you. Um, okay.
1: It is very strange that, and I do, I am like, or me and my the people that I work with are definitely like one of the last few people who live in a cash world yep. just completely. Yes. I mean, especially in New Orleans, it being like a totally service-based service service industry-based economy.
2: So basically for our listeners our listeners don't know you so just tell us about you and like your musician life in New Orleans like what instrument do you play give us a little bit of a background of about you.
1: Okay my name is Max and I play I play upright bass in New Orleans which is one of the very special cities where you can actually play music or I mean also I am in a niche I'm a niche I'm in a niche market where I play jazz music which is music that I was gift basically I grew up with this music as a kid listening to it because my parents exposed me to it and um and then I I also dropped out of college which is a lot of the musicians I play with actually went to college so they are paying for a college degree, which, I mean, I could not imagine having like a $50,000, like college loan thing, which other, you know, other people who do other work, you know, I'm sure it is also like overwhelming, but seems more manageable. Um, But I dropped out of college and moved to New Orleans instead. I've been here for 10 years. Um, I definitely washed a lot of dishes worked in a lot of restaurants for the first like five years. I was always playing music on the side because it was always what, I mean, I've always just been a musician. Um, So I've always kind of had side gigs or main gigs in order to make money and pay my rent. I've done construction, pedicabbing downtown is one thing that was really cool because, you know, um, I could make like I could work day shift as well and it wasn't even necessarily on a schedule and I could just be like, oh, they have bikes available Um, and then I can just go in and make a hundred bucks in a, you know, during a day shift. Um, So that was a cool thing that was flexible, like a flexible money gig that I could still do my music and do the thing that I'm interested in. So basically I've, I've had all these side hustles for so long and now that I'm like full time i'm playing music every single day and it's really it's a really special place i know other cities i don't i really don't know what it's like being a full time musician in other cities um and i do just kind of feel like there's less uh work in terms of just cuz i mean i don't know in new orleans there's like hundreds and hundreds of music venues i think i don't know what the exact number of it is but um and all of those places want to have music pretty much all day and all night um and we are the people who have to supply that service to them and new orleans just happens to be a place where there is the demand for live music because people know new orleans as a music town because it's where it's where blues and jazz, and even arguably rock and roll, was invented, and was is the birthplace of a very important American culture that was, you know, uh, given to the whole entire rest of the world, basically, and was the American the global pop music for like a hundred years at least, which is a pretty pretty darn good run when it comes to modern music. Um, so I do I am very lucky that I have this little niche that I'm in and it's a community of people um, and we all do that. Also, oh, one thing (laughs) I had to sub out a gig recently because this musician and this more popular musician in town wanted me to play um, and I was really wanted to play for him and it was the day of and I called 35 other bass players to try and cover my gig that I was already playing so that I could play this other gig that was really important. And every single one of them was busy.
0: (laughs) That's insane. Can we just back up for one second that there are 35 bass players whose numbers you have. I don't know if I have 35 numbers, if anybody have anything in common in my (laughs) phone contact, but that's amazing that there's literally so much talent um actually yeah. really interesting that was the next thing I was going to ask you about is how you actually go about booking your gigs I think this is something that's really mysterious because for most of us we're as consumers of music you know we're on vacation we walk in there's somebody playing music um how does that work from your perspective like from a business perspective
1: um, I have google calendars on my smartphone um and it's really convenient if I didn't have that I don't know how it would do things i was never good at keeping a calendar um i just got a text from someone who i've you know actually i just got two texts while I was at the dmv just now renewing my license um and they were like hey can you play sunday at fritzel's jazz club downtown and it's someone who i've played around and they're really awesome she's a really awesome uh musician and um and i looked at my calendar right in the DMV and I was free and I just uh I uh yeah and I just texted her back and said yes to the gig and basically I mean it's really just a compilation of that um
2: yeah um can you so I've been here for the past few weeks I've been hanging out with Roy a lot and I've been seeing his lifestyle a little bit um can you speak to you know like what percentage of your schedule is recurring gigs versus ad hoc gigs and is that something that you've curated or cultivated in order to give yourself some kind of stability but also some flexibility
1: well yeah i mean it's it's good to have the regular weekly gigs it's good to get those gigs and i appreciate it a lot when i do have those gigs because they kind of fill out your schedule i kind of at this moment i'm struggling with having too full of a schedule um, I have a regular Monday, I have an every other Thursday, I have, and then recently, in the past two months, I've gotten a gig that's at a pretty popular, I mean, popular in terms of, it's a jazz dive bar, but it's downtown, I mean, it's in on Frenchman Street, and it's where people love to hang out and drink and listen to jazz music, and it's Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. From two to six o'clock.
0: Um, oh, that's a really big is, deal! Congratulations.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, also it's kind of a pain in the butt because it's playing with the same people. I mean, you know, I, I, am Music is a thing that I enjoy doing, and when you are doing it that often, it can kind of start to feel like just work. Like you're in the trenches, you know. Like Bourbon Street, I, I also play on Bourbon Street, which is, so there's Frenchman Street, which is kind of. Uh, it's different than Bourbon Street, which is what people kind of who aren't from here kind of hear about Bourbon Street. Um, but it is like there is music being played. It's a lot of rock music. It's a lot of like classic rock. There's like some hip hop club music, but a, there's a lot of the bands that are playing on Bourbon are they call it like being in the trenches because you are playing you're playing like five And I have a regular Saturday that is on Bourbon Street and it's a five hour gig from eight o'clock at night until one o'clock in the morning. But that Bourbon Street musicians, that's a normal gig for them. Um, And it can and eventually I think it does start to just feel like like regular work, which is, you know, I mean, we all have, you know, everyone's just got to hustle to make ends meet. So it's kind of normal, but it is definitely a, a different feel on in terms of being a bourbon street musician, I think like, yeah. whereas Frenchman street's a little more like loose and you kind of end up doing a little, you know, it's a, it's a little more diverse in terms of like who you're playing with and what you're doing from day to day, which is
0: nice. So speaking of hustle, I'm really curious. Um, do you have an idea of what your average annual income is and how that fluctuates?
1: I, yeah. I, you know, I'm really bad at taxes which is one thing that is a reason that I'm not the best person in terms of financial <laughs> organization. Um, at this point I am very cash based, cash based. Um, so I, I, you know, last year I managed to save up $7,000 to buy this car, which is a 2012, which for me is like a pretty new car. Um, and the check engine light is never on, you know, if I get regular oil changes, it's going to last me a long time, I can fit my base and all my equipment in it. Um, um, so yeah, like I saved up $7,000 extra of extra money last year. And then, and that's on top of my living expenses, which is actually pretty cheap. So If you, I haven't really done the math on it, but I bet it's a little over, I bet it's just over 20,000. It's probably not over 40 though.
2: I think this is really interesting. The fact that you feel like you can't answer on an annual scale. You live a different way on it an, and on a different time scale. And especially if you don't pay your taxes, annual income doesn't actually matter. It's not like meaningful to you. So let's talk about it on like weekly or even nightly. I'm interested to know, especially because over the past few weeks I've been a New Orleans tourist. Like, what do you expect to make at your gigs? Like you mentioned you have um, that Saturday night gig from eight PM to one AM on on bourbon yeah and then you have during the week so like what does the venue pay you versus what do you expect to make in tips
1: i am cheap i love to play music i love to work i say yes to a lot of stuff so this might not be true for other other new orleans musicians literally probably have much higher standards in terms of what they're willing to work for and get paid for um I'm happy if I make a hundred dollars in three hours, (laughs) I should be more picky. And my girlfriend has given me crap about, I mean, when she, when we talk about like moving career forward and doing stuff like that, she's just like, why don't you just say no to gigs that pay you less? And I'm like, cause they're my friends and I want to play music with them. And it's true. Um, Yes. Bourbon street on Saturday, you know, I mean that, gig we got there's a hundred dollar guarantee the venue wants to pay everyone in the band a hundred dollars there's five of us on stage so you know that's nice and then we make on top of that we always ask for tips um so we also have we also made this saturday it's mardi gras season which could be a good or a bad thing but so we made another hundred dollars um, in tips, cash tips, um, and then the other we get a check. That's actually a pretty regular, organized gig. Um, so yeah, I made two hundred dollars five hours on Bourbon Street. I'm working until one, o- one o'clock in the morning, which is kind of a kind of a drag, but um, but it's fun and it's good music.
0: I'm a former tipped employee. Um, I'm a I'm a restaurant veteran myself. Um, I retired from restaurants just a couple of years ago. I think four years ago now. Um, and I'm curious how like living in a cash-based world and especially when you have tips, um, how do taxes fit into all of this? Like, do you report anything, everything, some of it, how does that work for you?
1: I mean, okay. If I wanted to get legal (laughs) and actually on the record, I would report. I I do have a friend who kind of, he's done it the right way. He was a, he's a busker and he, he does solo busking or sometimes with groups and stuff, but, um, and he started going totally legal and reporting everything he made. Um, Really, if I was, if I was more um, responsible, I would report my cash tips. Um, And I mean, in terms of taxes and stuff, that's something that you can really stretch. And I know that I've I know that if I talked to, you know, an accountant, they would, they would be good at being like, okay, well, how much do you pay in gas for your car? I mean, basically I'm, I'm self-employed, you know, I'm self, which means I'm self-employed when it comes to the state, when it comes to everything, you know, it's what I put on everything because I am self-employed. I'm like, I'm, I'm the one who works for me. I don't have to work if I don't, you know, want to or whatever um and i think i do i have a hunch i know people who make a lot of money in this town or not a lot of i mean they're not rich no one is actually rich um (laughs) but i know people who are very popular who get paid really well to play music um because they're like you know larger bands and they can ask for like large guarantees for shows who i think have tried to go totally legal in terms of their taxes because they've been irresponsible like me in the past and they've kind of gotten screwed over and oh you know like maybe ten thousand dollars because of all these back taxes although they were trying to be honest about or trying to they tried to like come clean about which you know I don't want listeners to be like oh well then screw taxes or whatever but but also I'm sure there's a very particular way where you can avoid that um, well, and I don't I, I don't know I, I, if I don't know if the government is nice to people who are just self-employed low lead musicians like myself you
2: know? yeah I, I have to say I was sort of surprised to hear uh, the other day when I was talking to max about coming on the podcast he was like oh I don't know if I should use my name because I don't really pay taxes and I was thinking well that's Kind of funny because i would imagine you would get a refund given what you make and the fact that you are self-employed but i think that probably those people who have tried to go legal and owe a lot in back taxes if they had been doing it like where they wrote off all the things they spent on their job they probably wouldn't owe that much they just were sort of like you know, as a recall back to this woman we interviewed on the podcast, Wally, who's a financial coach, when you don't feel comfortable with that kind of stuff, you sort of hide away from it and your yeah. life can sometimes bite you in the butt. But yeah, it's interesting.
1: Well, I, I, th- I mean, I think that they went, I think they did it through accountants who are used to working with. And then my, I have a, another friend who works with accountant, an accountant and he's all cash and he's a musician as well. And he kind of was really good at kind of, you know, stretching what you claim and stretching what your expenses are. And he had a better experience. But, um, yeah, I don't, you know, I, I don't know. That's why also that's why I haven't do, done my taxes recently. Like, it's going to take a lot for me to figure out what I need to say. I'm totally down with paying my taxes, though. I'm not like against it. I just haven't got around it's here, complicated. <laughs>
2: there's yeah. plenty of careers out there where it's not complicated you got
1: a w2 i think yeah. if i if i got with this especially this one particular guy and that's another thing about like an accountant there's this one guy who's like right that you know it's just like he's worked with other people and they're like man you told me to write all this stuff off and it was like i don't know it's just like which is kind of ex- Apparently, it's kind of, like, skeezy, but I also... I do think
2: it's because <laughs> I think a musician really lives and breathes music. Like, yeah, so yeah. much of what you're spending money on is a write-off, and, like, yeah, that's yeah. how people do their taxes. Totally.
1: Yeah. So
2: I just wanted to ask you, speaking of adulting, um, you know, taxes being one of the things that is kind of a burden financially. So what about other things? Like, wh- wh- what do you do for health insurance, and um, do you... I think at all about what you'll be doing when you're post quote unquote retirement age and all that stuff.
1: Um, yeah, I am in church, which actually shout out to, I mean, I don't know if y'all want to uh, include, uh, organizations in your podcast. I don't know, but musicians clinic in new Orleans is an organization that is, Funded, I mean, I think they're a nonprofit. Um, this lady, um, I don't know if I should give out her name or not, um, but she works in this office. Op- I went in this office. They got me insured. They basically made me getting Medicaid. Wait, is it Medicaid or Medicare? It's Medicaid. Medicaid Medicare is yes. for old, old mm. people. Okay. <laughs> so I got, they basically signed me up for Medicaid. They made it super easy. I am not paying anything which is weird um good that's good yeah yeah and they I mean they're freaking amazing they like sent I was seeing a therapist for a little while or a counselor they were like sending someone to my house like it was I might have dental like it's actually pretty freaking amazing like my insurance right now and I know this because my girlfriend works like kind of a more serious she works for a nonprofit, and she's about to go on she's about to get insured through her job but that's still you know she has to pay like what 200 or something or maybe like some i know some people have to pay like 300 some people have to pay you know thousands of dollars if they have a family and medical insurance every month which to me seems crazy so shout out to new orleans uh musicians clinic because they help out a lot of people and all my friends like i've got friends who are horn players who have tooth problems who like that that stuff is it's very common and it like just go through them and just get it taken care of they they like they really help us out
2: speaking of which uh max was just telling us the other day that he thinks he has carpal tunnel which is an occupational hazard um so horn players have tooth problems
1: yeah i don't know i don't know if it's necessarily a horn player thing because or I don't know if it's created by playing the horn. I mean, you are pushing it against, you're pushing the horn against your teeth. But when, I mean, when you do have tooth problems as a horn player, it's a serious thing. So maybe you just hear about it more from horn players because they are depending on the fact that they have teeth, you know? Um, well, I
2: also just want to say, um, speaking, you know, hearkening back to your um, intro about New Orleans and the birthplace of blues, jazz, rock and roll, et cetera, I think New Orleans musicians are a national treasure. And like the fact that y'all are, you know, on Medicaid or signing up for COVID benefits, because I'm sure all of your paychecks took, a, or not paychecks, but, you know, your income took a huge hit with COVID. Like that's exactly what those kinds of federal relief programs are for. I think, mm-hmm. you know, the, the nation would be a lot poorer uh, in culture and, you know, va- value, artistic value, et cetera, without New Orleans musicians. Yeah
1: yeah thanks thanks a lot yeah um also yeah I mean I moved down here I'm also I'm definitely a transplant um for sure which uh that's like a whole other topic in turn especially I mean especially in terms of stuff like that but yeah for the yeah are
2: you playing a tin can in your car right now
1: yeah sorry (laughs) oh my (laughs) god
2: I thought that's what that was
1: (laughs) no it's my water bottle it's uh yeah I'm sure it doesn't help um, you're,
2: you're um you're fidgeting because you're talking about identity ta- 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 yeah,
1: me. definitely. We,
2: we, I mean it, to the extent you're comfortable how, how what is that like being a, a New Orleans transplant down here you were talking about this the other night it's something you struggle with yeah
1: yeah I mean yeah and I hate to be like typical you know it's kind of typical to be like I struggle with it I you know I am a white person from away um and i played gigs in new orleans and um you know those are gigs that original new orleans people could be making money off playing not that they want to play the music not that it's like i don't know traditional jazz is like so new orleans does uh because it is like traditional and old and there's a lot to study there i think it does attract people who are into historical music which is which is great um it does make for right now it makes for a place that is definitely going through rapid gentrification although i don't know if it's happening as fast here as it is as it has happened in let's say like san francisco and new york city and um but that's because there isn't like a thriving tech industry here although they've tried they've definitely tried to make that a thing here (laughs) Um. In in really creepy ways, they've like put like new Silicon Alley like Airbnbs and stuff like that, and it's like, what are you guys trying? Like, I see what you guys are trying to do here. It's like, it's pretty gnarly. It's pretty nasty.
0: A little do they know? All they need is um, fiber optic internet and avocado
2: toast. That's all it takes. The word spreads back,
1: (laughs) and the industry will come.
2: (laughs) I think it's interesting that. like, bass players are sort of a different breed in a way. Like, when you're holding down the bass, it's like, you're not usually the ostentatious, like, horn solo. I mean, you get solos and stuff, but I do, I get the feeling that the people that ask you to play, like, you're really doing them a
1: solid. Yeah, well, yeah, you kind of can't, I mean, you can play without a bass player. But in terms of this music, it is very, because, you. I mean, it's a part of the rhythm section. It is chords and rhythm. At the same time, which is good for bass players, that's why there's, like, we were talking about, there's 35 bass players who not one of them could cover me on a Saturday night. Yeah,
2: um, you be in high demand. That's all I'm saying.
1: Yeah, it's like a high demand thing, and it's also, it is like a niche thing because we all, you know, know the same song, so uh, yeah, it's like a repertoire. Um, I mean, I guess probably just like in a lot of work and stuff you know it's like you learn your repertoire and you have your community of people who also and that's how you work you know and get money I guess
0: can you tell us a little bit more about like where value and satisfaction comes from in your job because it doesn't sound like it's measured by how much you make um but you're an artist you're a musician you're a creative like what what makes you feel at the end of the day like oh yeah that was a really good day of work like that made me feel really good what what keeps you coming back to the stage day after day night after night
1: well yeah I mean it is it is it's an it's a creative thing it's uh I mean especially jazz music as an improvised art form not that um sometimes it can become when because we're playing for tourists which is like you know it's an industry here so it can become not very creative feeling because you're do you're repeating the same things over and over again, but there are all, I mean, there are always moments when you have, you do something rhythmically that's cool that you link with up with someone else and you guys do the same thing and it's different and new and fresh and like refreshing, or you play a song in a different way. That's like fun and different and new. And that's like, the creative spark that makes kind of everything worth it. It's you know not doing the same thing over and over again, which is definitely something that, um, yeah, I think the scene that I'm in in New Orleans could definitely experiment a little more with like, and then I do think that if you go outside of the box and do more of that experimenting, you do raise the value of your your artwork in a way, which will eventually, but you know, eventually it will make you make more money, I guess. Which is, but that also is, like, in terms of arts and things, that you kind of have to take a leap of faith, you know, in terms of, like, there is no guarantee. Which also is real, you know, in terms of being a musician, it's like, there is no guarantee. Like, just play these songs and learn all this music and you'll be getting paid this amount of money. Like, no one has told anyone that ever. Just, like, I don't know if you are a college-educated person. I mean, the promise is kind of there of being, like, get this degree and learn these things and learn how to do this and you'll be able to make this amount of money but I mean has I don't know I feel like we are also in a time where like that promise has been kind of like revoked in a way as well so I don't know yeah if you're gonna do all that you might as well do something that you're like interested in and have a passion for but yeah I
0: love it that's amazing
2: yeah it's interesting i mean thank you for taking the time to talk to us about this i think it's really interesting and um i think it's really useful for people to know like how it works and all that stuff
1: thank you guys i really appreciate it um, thanks, and
2: yeah thanks max max <laughs> um uh, so much and maybe rusty and i will see you later tonight at the royal frenchman Thanks for
0: joining us for this episode of Ways to Means with Hannah and Susanna. Stay tuned for more episodes coming soon.